This is creative banter. It seems my traditional bad luck has made its way through the microphone, latching onto Ben this week, as he struggles with multiple setbacks of varying degrees. First, his primary hard drive fails, then his forerunner needs repair, but that's not all. Still, there lies here a lesson on patience, and that, at the end of the day, these are only things. Things which can be fixed, or replaced. We end this episode with a discussion on threads, which I have found myself playing around with quite a bit. We'll see how long that lasts. Let's dive right into this, shall we? So it is fall, uh, as we have discussed in uh, several of the past episodes now. I, I've come to the conclusion that this is the time of year that things fall apart. <laughs> oh, boy. It's, it's been an interesting week. And I think, I mean, there is, as we were just chatting about before we started recording, there's some times that I'll be just like sitting there. I'm like, oh, man, I, I, got, I got to come up with some sort of topics to, to mention this week. But uh, this is one of those weeks that has handed me several topics. And um, I will be curious to hear, I think this will lead to some interesting conversations. And I think it would be perhaps a good reminder for some people who are listening. Um, and also, I'd be curious to hear uh, some of your strategies in that sense. Okay. But essentially, the, um, my, my wife and I, we went up to the Eastern Sierra, good camping trip. We're there for two nights. Uh, did some camping there. It was great. Came home. And when it came home, I was downloading uh, some of the snapshots I'd taken with my little pocket camera and uh, found that my, my hard drive died. So I have an external hard drive I keep every photo I've ever taken on. And it was just completely non-responsive. For some people that are listening right now, you'd be just thinking this is a nightmare situation. Thankfully, I have a system in place to make sure that everything is, is thoroughly backed up. So, you know, nothing is lost. And I have a system where I have a local backup as well as an online backup because I've had, you know, this sort of thing happen before. So, uh, before I kind of talk a little bit about how I do things and how I was able to avoid any issues, I'm, I'm curious, what do you do in terms of backing up your data and make sure that you have everything safe in the event of a hard drive failure? <laughs> Nothing. That is not good. So I, I <laughs> yeah. yes, that's it's um, it's funny because like so I have I mean I have some backups of mainly my my digital work and stuff. I have two like eight or four terabyte drives um, that aren't like the ones that you carry. They have to be plugged in, and yeah, those hold some real old work, twenty fourteen to twenty seventeen maybe. And then I have two other um, hard drives that are Western Digital drives. I think most of my stuff is Western Digital, which is unfortunate given the circumstances that they're under now, but still. Yeah. Um, but yeah, my, my whole system needs to be revamped. I just was never truly concerned about it a ton because I have the film. So Yeah, which is true. That's, that's the sort of the ultimate backup. Yeah. Like right as I'm transitioning over more towards digital, I need to get yes. into a better workflow with that and have more backups. Um, but when it comes to film, I wasn't tremendously concerned about it. Not nearly as yeah. much as I probably should have been. Yeah. 
I mean, when I was, you know, way back when, when I was first getting into photography, I had a hard drive fail and I was able to recover some of the data, uh, but some of it was lost. And so I, I learned pretty early on that you really need to have not only a backup, but an automated process where it automatically backs itself up. And the, the ultimate strategy is to have three copies of the information, uh, two local and then really one off-site. And so I, I devised a way of doing that. Um, back when my, well, I guess two computers ago, I had a, a Mac, uh, one of the desktop kind of cheese grater looking computers, and it had four hard drive bays on the inside. And I had a way of just kind of like cloning them, but I was just working off the internal hard drives. But then I ended up getting an iMac and I wanted to have all my data really on external drives, which also makes it handy when switching to a new computer. So when I have the one I have now, I just plugged in the hard drives and everything was, was good. Um, but I'm, I'm working within, you know, I need to be able to edit video and photos off the external drives. And initially I was thinking about getting a, uh, actually I purchased a network attached storage from Synology. Um, but what I found right away is that uh, Final Cut Pro, which is a video editing software I use, its library was not compatible with uh, a network attached storage device. So you could store data on it, but you could not edit the video that was on it. And so I had to send it back. And things may have changed now, but that was a limiting factor in the way that I do things. Um, so I, I bought um, basically, I started with two. At the time, they may have been a little bit smaller. Now I, I'm using 12 terabyte external drives that connect via uh, uh, Thunderbolt to my Mac. And it's fast enough where I can edit video, I can edit photos off the external drives. But basically, I have all my photos on one drive, and then I have a duplicate drive that, I, that is cloned every night from the primary external drive. And so the thought is that if something happens to that primary external drive, I have a local copy. I can just buy a new drive, copy the contents over, and everything's good. Um, but then there's the worst case scenario, which is what if the house burns down, earthquake, sea monster, any, anything <laughs> like that, that like, you know, it takes down physically my computer. Your cat. And that's when I was, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I was looking around and I found um, uh, Backblaze is a really good online cloud backup. And at the time, back in 2018, it was one of the only ones that has uh, unlimited backup, um, but also it can back up a Thunderbolt-connected external drive. Um, a lot of them wouldn't back up from an external drive that's connected via Thunderbolt. The way everything works out, I basically have my external drive. Every night, that is duplicated using software called SuperDuper, which is, I think it might just be for Mac. Um, so it clones it over, so I have my local copy, and then that, uh, that primary external drive is constantly backed up to the cloud via Backblaze. Okay. And so it has all my bases covered. So when I got back from the trip and I saw that my primary drive for photos, which has, I think it was a little over seven terabytes on there or something like that, um, it just wasn't even working. I simply unplugged the drive, ordered another one, uh, which show up today, and you'll you'll know when it arrives when you hear Oliver barking in the background. <laughs> um, but I'll plug that in. I'll copy over the contents from my for sort of redundant on-site drive, and then I'm up and running again. It's it's 
a, I mean, that drive is like a, it's like a $600 drive or something. So it's, it still costs me, but it's not costing me in terms of actually losing data. Right. So with that setup, you have everything connected to your computer at all times. Those two external drives, right? Yes. Yes. They're always hooked up. And actually I added a second one of those setups just for video. Okay. So I have a total of four external drives. Um, and then uh, at some point the video drives fill up. And so I started, I just purchased uh, another one of those drives and I just move older video to that other drive, which is not connected all the time. Okay. And there's only one copy of that stuff because I'm not as concerned about that for like older video. I, I never really do much with the really old stuff anyways. Yeah. Um, but for photos and for current stuff, you know, I have two local copies and then I have the offsite. And the key is to make it where it happens automatically in the background. You don't have to connect something and remember to try to back it up uh, because when things go wrong, you know, it's nice to have that completely up-to-date um, backup. Yeah. So just is just a, a reminder for those listening that, you know, putting in a little bit of effort to figure out a system that works for you, that's automated, and it can be very reasonably priced. Uh, Backblaze, it, it's less than $10 a month. I, I think when I started, it was $6 a month. It may have gone up a little bit, but it just, it just gives you that sense of peace of mind. And I mean, obviously for shooting film, ultimately the film itself is the, uh, I, I guess, the fourth copy, um, but it saves all the work of having to go through and rescan and everything and everything else along those lines. Right. Especially when you're drum scanning, because that would get quite pricey yeah. if you lose all that stuff and have to redo it again. Yeah, exactly. That, that gets to be very, uh, very, very expensive as well. Yeah. I've got to figure out some kind of system, but especially it's... It's going to take me a minute to figure it out because of working from a laptop. So, yeah, I can't have everything connected all the time, all at once, because I will sometimes work downstairs, sometimes move around or travel with it. Um, so, that's why I like having the external drives that I just quick unplug, plug in when I need to edit photos, and then unplug from there to do printing yeah. or anything else. Especially since the MacBook Air that I have only has two USB-C ports. So yeah. it's kind of like I can't have a bunch of, even if it was on a desk all the time, I can't really have a lot unless I get a, uh, a dongle or whatever you want to call it. So yeah. 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 There, there'll be some sort of creative solution there, but I mean, I've had, I can think of four times through the years that I've had drives fail that had data on them. And of those four times, three times it was completely backed up in one way or another. And the first time was the time that it wasn't. And so it was something I definitely, uh, definitely learned from. Yeah, that's a good reminder for people to make sure that your backups are in place or just to double check that they're actually working too. And uh, sort of continuing the theme of, of things falling apart. <laughs> so other things that have, uh, have, have broken lately. Uh, so I, I picked my uh, Forerunner up from the shop the other day because I had them uh, fix something on it because uh, I had noticed uh, for the past probably year or so, there was this little issue that didn't seem like the car was going to fall apart, but there was something where I'm like, something's wearing. I, I got to figure out what it is. It was really weird because, it, you know, if I, if I hop in my forerunner, if it's been sitting overnight or so, I start it up, I start driving straight, everything's normal. But the moment I turn the steering wheel just a little bit, there's like this little it's hard. It's it's not a click. It's not a pop. It's just like a little bit of a, you feel it overcome something and you feel like a little bit of a, 
friction that has to overcome, and then everything is normal and everything feels fine. And also, I noticed that if I'm ever on a pretty bumpy road, like on my backpacking trips, something felt a little bit loose and weird with the front end. So I took it to the shop and I said, I, I think my CV axles, which is the um, the axles that connect to the front wheels to give them power when I'm in four wheel drive, but they're always you know linked to the wheels and stuff. But I think that there's, I think that they're getting worn out. And the mechanic said, you know, they they seem fine. We took it for a test drive. Everything's fine. And I am not extremely mechanically inclined, but looking at the symptoms of everything happened, I was fairly confident that they are worn. Maybe not to the point where you know, a mechanic is going to be like, it's going to be very obvious yeah. that they're worn. They'll probably still just, pass inspection, but they could. Yeah. yeah. And it, it's something that is, it's not going to fail eminently, but if you look at how they're designed, there's like these little balls that kind of roll and everything. And it kind of wears away at the channel that they're in. And it was just enough where it, it was bugging me. Like if I, I noticed these little things and anyone who, you know, has a car, drives a car, if you notice that something's a little off, you know, I, I end up getting paranoid, like, oh, like something's going to just catastrophically fall apart when I'm in the middle of nowhere and, and stuff like that. Um, but I, I said, how, how about we just, you know, replace them? And so um, had them put in some new ones and sure enough, it completely fixed the problem. Hmm? Um, but so far I have the hard drive I had to buy and then I had to replace the CV axles and the Forerunner. And so uh, things are, are starting to add up. I got a, a bill in the mail uh, for property tax, which is oh. which is coming up. One of the the joys of being a homeowner, <laughs> yeah. it always comes into fall. And I would be at this point in time probably going for a bike ride right now, but my my bike broke. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I can't win. I can't win, dude. What is going um, on? The past few weeks, it's, it's been weird. nothing but problems with me, with like job searches. Yeah. I'm complaining all the time on here. And now we just yeah. switched today and it's like, now no, Ben's I'm the, getting all yeah, the bad luck. Ben's got all the bad yeah. luck. It just seems to rub off through the, through the microphone. <laughs> yeah. So like on the, the front derailleur, uh, there's, there's two bolts that kind of serve as pivot points for when it kind of uh, moves to, to shift the chain. And one of them, I, 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 it was shifting weird when I was out for a ride and I got back and I, I put it on the stand. I was kind of looking at it. I'm trying to, to troubleshoot why it's all of a sudden acting weird. And so I, I tried to loosen one of the bolts and I found it was just spinning endlessly. Nice. And I'm like, this bolt isn't even like, you know, it's, it's broken. So I was able to kind of pull it out and sure enough, it was busted. And of course, it's a very, uh, very proprietary specific bolts right, of that, course. The, uh, th that I can't just like, you know, buy on Amazon or whatever. Uh, so I took it to a local bike shop and they're having to see if they can get that part. So I don't think it will be repaired in time for me to take the bike to Zion. Oh. But, you know, it, it, that was just going to be a side thing anyways. And yeah, but you had just figured out how to do that too, didn't you? Yeah, I just figured yeah, out how I was going to transport it. I got the case to put it in. And, you know, at, at some point, I will be able to bring it there. It, it probably won't be this year. Maybe they'll they'll come through in a miracle and they'll figure out a way of, of getting it fixed. But in the scheme of things, maybe it's it's better that I don't bring it. Maybe it'll just allow me to concentrate a little bit more on on what I'm doing. And uh, when when my wife and I were up on our camping trip, um, it was it was really hot here. It was really hot. 
as we were driving um, kind of through the eastern Los Angeles areas, we were heading north. We went up to uh, Bishop Creek and uh, camping up in the mountains. And so where we were camping, it was it was really nice weather. But on the way there, it was very, very hot. And we were in our kind of the, the last little stretch of, of highway. And all of a sudden, I start hearing this sound. And then eventually I see what it is. It's the, um, this rubber uh, piece of uh, weather stripping that runs up the side of the windshield kind of between it and the, the metal. And it was warm enough where I guess it had kind of the, the glue that holds it in place had softened. And then there's like this metal thing, which is just beating continuously on the, the side window as it's kind of, you know, getting flapped around in the wind. And uh, so I always have gaffer's tape with me. So I, you know, I, when we eventually were able to stop about 45 minutes later of it, just constantly just bashing the side of the car, I was able to stop and, and, and tape it and get that going. But I was just reminded with everything happening that, you know, these are just things and things can be fixed. And I, I think sometimes people get very uh, bent out of shape when, when stuff happens. But in the scheme of things, in the scheme of everything else happening in the world, you know, these are small things, things that can be fixed. And uh, <laughs> there's, there's another time too, when we were on the camping trip, where there's this relatively narrow road that leads up to uh, a lake called North Lake. And uh, we had gone up there, we we're coming back and it's, there's some, it, it hugs this uh, hillside. So you have a big steep drop off on one side and then kind of an embankment on the other side. And we're driving back and we're, we're going pretty slowly just because, you know, it's a one lane road with a lot of blind corners and stuff. And there's some cars coming the other way. And there's this one car that was going way too fast around a blind curve. You know, I saw it coming. And so I kind of pulled off to the side a bit and I didn't see it at the time, but I guess there was this, uh, this bush there and just, it was like nails on a chalkboard, just like this branch, just scratching down the entire length of my car. Nice. Nice. Just because this other driver was going way too fast and taking up too much of the road because I guess they just weren't paying attention. And my wife just kind of looks out the window and she's like, well, maybe it's just in the dust. <laughs> <laughs> she just sees these like lines just down the entire length of my car. And, and you'd think that after you just scrape the entire length of your car, you'd just be like, you know, you, you think you'd get a little upset about that. But I'm like, it is what it is. It's a thing. Yeah. Things yeah. can be fixed. So, but also, you know, it's, it's 10 years old. And, and after I got back, I was able to, you know, I washed off to check it out. I, I should be able to buff it all out. It's not that, not that big of a deal. But just, just as a reminder, you know, uh, have a good way of backing up your data. Um, make it effortlessly, make it automatic. But when things happen, you know, things can be fixed. And I think that's kind of a, a big uh, lesson of the story. All good reminders. It's just, but it's also one of those things like, especially dealing with the puppies now, like the patience yeah. aspect of like things just getting messed up or whatever happening. Like, yeah, it, it can be very trying. I mean, I had, uh, so Emmy's been great in terms of like potty training and everything in the house, but every so often she'll just not go to the bell like she likes to that we have on the door to signal I want to go out. Yeah. She'll just decide to pee on the floor. And then <laughs> yesterday, I, th I think I was getting ready to go with her to bring her to my 
girlfriend's last uh, field hockey game that she was coaching for the middle school that she works at. And she decided that she was going to pee on the floor. I'm like, all right, like, whatever, clean it up quick. As soon as I throw away the the paper towel that I had used to clean it up, yeah. she decides not a foot away from it to pee again on the floor. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, your bladder's the mind, si- you your know? bladder's the size of my thumb. Like, how yeah. is there this much to to expel? Yeah, and it was just one of those things of like, it was so irritating at that moment because I had just thrown that out, I had just cleaned up the one, and now I have to go and redo it all. And I'm, but I, it's that reminder of like, like you were saying, it's, it's just stuff like that happens. It's not a big deal. Like take a deep breath. And for me, like realize the fact that she's 10 weeks old, like she's a baby. Yeah. So, so trying to like yell at her or reprimand her for doing that is just, you're not going to go anywhere with it. But yeah, yeah, it's a, uh, a good reminder, but definitely something that's takes a lot of time and takes a lot of uh just a lot of patience to learn yeah so and and that's also something and it's interesting that you mentioned that because the other thing i've been thinking about over the past week or so whether it was the 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 driver that wasn't paying attention perhaps was a little impatient and kind of mostly ran me off the road um i or or just you know the addiction to social media it it seems like so many things in this world come from a sense of impatience. Yeah. And I, I feel like that's the root cause of so many issues. And I feel like that is something that is only going to get worse with time. Um, and it's just being trained into us just on a daily basis, you know, that the with the instant gratification and everything else. Um, and I, I think that's something that's, that's missing in society. Yeah. I mean, I've been... So I've been pretty active right now the past two days or so on threads. I'm actually finding myself to be uh, really enjoying it more than I thought that I would have been with anything else because uh, of it yeah, being social I've media. Seen, I've that. seen some of your, your posts on there. Someone posted about how photographers are doing like these reels where they're saying um, they're showing a bunch of their work and like, oh, I'm just going to keep showing my work until finally I get the attention or the get X number of followers and that kind of thing. Yeah. Which is a shame. And like the thread was great and I responded to it and was, had a little bit of a conversation there. But it's just like you were saying, one of those things of just impatience and just people prioritizing numbers of likes or followers or reposts or views or any of that over genuine discussion and genuine like interactivity between people. And as I just like what I commented, I'm like, I'd much rather have 10 people that I interact with regularly who truly are interested in the work that I create and the art that I make and what I have to say who are interested in me versus having a thousand people or even a million people that only like my stuff because they saw one video that went viral and or popped off and that's it. Like It's very baseline interaction, like doesn't just likes instead of actual interactivity discussion. Yeah. So. Yeah. The other thing I was thinking about is I wonder how many people, if there's something that they're into, whether it's photography or whatever, um, and then they perhaps share it on, on social media. And if it doesn't give them the sort of response, if they don't have the sort of response that they're looking for from the work, whether it's the 
positive encouragement or whatever. I wonder how many people just simply give up and move on to something else as opposed to sticking with it for the sake of, you know, their own enjoyment where, you know, back in the days before social media, where a person would find something they're interested in and just keep working and working at it without the need for that sense of validation. Versus now, I wonder if people just might not even go down that road just because they don't get that immediate sense of, of, of whatever it is that they're looking for. They say, oh, I'm, you know, I must be horrible at this. I'm just going to do something else as opposed to sticking with it. I think that ties right into the old saying that like, or the old belief that's unfortunately still pretty pervasive that creativity is innate, that you're born creative or you're not, which is a complete lie. I mean, yeah. And I think before you had that belief system that prevented people from pursuing photography or some form of art or creative act. And now you have that still is there, but now more people are looking at, well, if I don't get X amount, X amount of followers or X amount of likes per post with my photography, with my creative act, well, then it's no good. Yeah. It seems like that just kind of further digs into the whole hive mind thing yeah. versus, you know, people not as much thinking for themselves. It's more about just looking for that external gratification. And it's a shame too, because there are a lot of people who don't get the recognition that they should have or that they think that they should get or deserve. And they're creating wonderful work. And then they give up on it because they didn't get that recognition that they wanted. They didn't get those followers that they thought that they should have gotten, or they can't make it into a successful business. And so they say, well, then why even bother at all? Yeah. So. And it also seems like it'll just lead to a far more uniform style, you know? Yeah. People are just doing things to please the masses as opposed to, to please themselves, which is ultimately just a little, you know, you, 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 you diminish that, uh, that diversity of, of creation, of, of creativeness, um, which I, I mean, I've certainly seen that with photography where everything kind of tends toward a certain style because that's what really, you know, gathers the most attention. Yeah. I mean, that's the same with like color versus black and white. I mean, I, I refuse to give up black and white and go to color just because it's more likely to give me better attention or more yeah. likely to get a little bit more views, whatever. But you just have to stick with what you believe in most. And if it doesn't work out like financially or from a success standpoint, then whatever, just keep doing it because you love doing it. Yeah. So it sounds like you've been enjoying threads more than more than Instagram. Oh yeah, definitely. I'm sure that's going to change. Just like I said in the story that I posted, <laughs> I'm sure Meta will find a way to screw something up like throughout because right now there are no ads. Yeah. So that's probably the most refreshing thing in the world to see, but I'm sure they're going to bombard you with ads eventually and have something that gets screwy. Um, yeah. But no, for, it, for now, I've been really enjoying it more than I thought that I would have. And I think the last I looked, you, you hadn't posted any actual work on Instagram. Yeah, I've just seen the stories, right? Right. Yeah. Instagram, I haven't done anything but the stories with. Even with threads, I just did like an introductory kind of post like, hey, this is who I am just for some kind of interaction based. That way, if people do go on to it, it's not just no threads yet kind of deal. So yeah. I plan on posting on both Instagram and threads something. I don't know what I plan on doing with Instagram yet. I might just do kind of like an introductory, like this is who I am kind of post and just 
see where that goes and see if that does anything at all. And then on threads, I plan on doing that. Right now, the uh, dear algorithm posts are popping off and that seems to be getting or helping to gain a lot of traction to at least figure out who are like-minded individuals to connect with, yeah. which, which is so weird to me because you're essentially telling an app what you want to see and it's refreshing where you don't have to like bombard it, your posts with a bunch of hashtags or with a bunch of like flashy content or something. Yeah. You can just kind of put out this post and there's a photographer and writer who I follow, uh, Jeremy Bassetti. He had done the Dear Algorithm post thing and ended up with like 50 replies and a ton of, uh, a ton of new followers and that kind of thing because of people genuinely wanting to interact with him and see what he's doing. Um, so we'll see how that goes on threads and then post some of my work and just kind of use it as a, uh, more of a sounding board of what I'm thinking about for essays or for photography in general and that kind of deal. Just cause that's what I wanted with, with Twitter as well. And yeah. it just didn't end up happening that way because I joined right during the NFT boom <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and from there it's been downhill and it just keeps going downhill somehow. Uh, instead of just dying, so yeah, I didn't, I didn't get that, that true discussion, that true interactivity on Twitter, like what I want and like what I'm getting with Threads for now. So yeah. I do wonder what happened to all the NFT photographers, the the ones who branded themselves as like an NFT artist or or whatever. I, I don't hear that as much anymore. I don't know. That's it's kind of kind of funny how that drops off, huh? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't. They're still out there. They're they're yeah. definitely still out there, but. They've definitely quite a far smaller group. Yeah. 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 So do you do you have a sense of hesitation when it comes to whatever you'll end up posting on on Instagram and on threads as far as actual work? Is is there like a feeling in terms of like you're you're not really you're you're putting it off a little bit or how how's that working out? So my interactions with threads and why I decided to start uh, using it a little bit more and testing it out, not only has it been gaining momentum a bit more now that everybody's fleeing Twitter. Um, yeah. But I was, I had talked before about starting up that Substack and using that for just like more of uh, weekly reflections and weekly posts and smaller pieces of writing. But I always go, I obviously haven't done anything, any of that yet. And I kept going back and forth like, do I want to put the, all of this work onto a separate platform or do I want to keep it on my own website and kind of utilize that SEO and draw in people from there in a sense? Mm -hmm. And regardless which way I wanted to go, I wanted to have some kind of community, some kind of uh, some way of discussing things with people and yeah, that community. So um, I kind of just, I don't know, I just decided to go with threads for because it seemed like it was doing well so far. And yeah. so now it's at a point where I can't say that I'm really hesitant about posting anything. It's just that I just haven't sat down to figure out what I want to do. Mm. And I, I don't know if that's necessarily like, a, like with Instagram, it's not a hesitance because I don't know what to, I want to do. It's more hesitance because I have to actually sit down and write out the stories for each of my photographs that I want to post. And it's more of like the workload aspect of it and got the it, time part. It. That makes sense. Yeah. And part of that still follows along with threads, I think, where 
I'm going to still do the same thing with that, where I post a photograph and like a little bit of a story about it. Um, so it's, yeah, it's not really a hesitancy, like trying to procrastinate. It's more of just trying to find the time to commit to it and making a post versus anything else. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that makes perfect sense. Um, yeah, I can see how like with the, the style of, of you wanting to have the, the writing with it and everything, it, it does take a bit more work. You, usually if I'm posting something, I just put it there. I just type out a few things and blah, 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 you know, it's yeah. not, not as much involved in it. And, and I, I don't, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty simple in that sense. Um, but I, I can definitely see from, from your standpoint on that one. Yeah. Um, but that there's including stories along with photographs thing is also something else that I've been thinking a little bit about because right now how my website stands, I can't do what like Andrew Barufi does where he has a photograph and then the story aside of it, um, mm -hmm. where you can have that as a light box unless you actually have like a screenshot of the written text and put that, which doesn't... Yeah, it's yeah, not going to display as well. It doesn't display as well. It's not going to do anything for SEO if you're concerned about that. So I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And I think even if I, even if I post them on Instagram and on threads or whatever, I might end up turning it into more of like an ebook thing, like a free ebook mm -hmm. and running with that just to see if people are interested in the stories behind these photographs and why they're meaningful to me and just see how that goes and have that as a way to get those stories versus trying to figure out a way to put them on the website right now. Yeah. And you'd have more control over the type and the display and everything else along those lines too. Exactly. And then I, if I really want to, I can always have it be because of so much of my written work being handwritten at first, have it be the original handwritten uh, story that, that would be just cool. gets a photo on their side of it. So just- Yeah. I, th I think that would add a whole nother aspect of it to make it seem more personal as well. Yeah. So- yeah, so I'm just trying to figure out various different things all at once and hopefully make something work because I have a yeah. couple of different ebook ideas as well that are in the, the back of my head that I'm slowly chugging along through, but yeah. Is your uh, camera back from repair yet? It is. Yeah, it arrived um, earlier this week. I don't remember exactly one day, but I think it was before the weekend. So I think it was like Friday, maybe last Friday. Mm -hmm. um, all good. Used it a couple times just around the house backyard kind of deal and uh haven't had any issue right now hopefully it stays that way so yeah yeah ho hopefully all, all of the bad luck has transferred to me and then that is going to then i don't know just just flow somewhere else far away from me wherever that is i i don't know but i i definitely caught whatever it was that you had um <laughs> just uh just affected more things um Hey, maybe but, this uh, means I'll finally get a job. <laughs> that's true. That's true. How, how's that going, by the way? I haven't done a ton with it. I had yeah. one of our uh, one of our listeners reached out. I want to say maybe a week or so ago, and on the Discord, and he was like, "Hey, I'm a." Um, he does like job recruiting and stuff, but he's over in the UK, and mm -hmm. he was like, "If you need help with your resume, with your cover letters, that kind of deal, we can work together to figure all that kind of stuff out and make it a little bit nicer and see if that helps." I just haven't had the time or I haven't really put aside the time, I should say, to sit yeah. down and actually put all that stuff together and send it over to him to have that conversation. So I'll have to do that. But I've been looking here and there. So it's just nothing's really been popping up. So 
just just the whole thing it just seems like it's this this game that you have to play which just where where no one really knows what the rules are and it just it feels so very like performative when it comes to like the the job interviews yep. and everything else and it's if if you can say the things that they want to hear that may not necessarily reflect you know the reality of it it just it just seems weird with having to jump through so many hoops and everything else and that's like i don't know I if don't i know. i don't know if i said something back when i interviewed for L.O. bean but it was part of a group interview and it was it was such a joke because you're just you're repeating each other the entire time yeah it, it was just a we sat in a circle all at once with the manager and the um assistant manager or whatever she was and it was one of those deals of all right so here's the question who wants to go first and as soon as the first person answered it was like yeah that's that's pretty much what i would have said <laughs> yeah like all right yeah so i'm i'm gonna go next and i'm gonna say i'm gonna go off of what x said and then after me y just compounds it and it just keeps going and it's like one or two original answers maybe but otherwise it's just a joke yeah it's a shame and it's probably it's probably doesn't even matter what you're saying it's probably just matters like how you say it or your inflection or you know something along those lines is probably what they're paying more attention to yeah i mean like with as a retail opposed to what they're actually asking you you know yeah like with a retail position like that i mean as long as you're not saying that you're going to tell a, tell a customer to f off like if they <laughs> if they irritate you or something then i don't think they're really going to have an issue with you as long as you're yeah. like I, and it's not like they even did any kind of background checks or any of that stuff either so realistically like i don't know i don't yeah. know i'm just floating along watching the puppies all day and trying to maintain my sanity <laughs> <laughs> yes oh man yeah, I um earlier today before we were recording, I was getting my Forerunner pack now that everything's fixed, everything's good. Um I've been getting everything packed, getting all the batteries charged, getting everything set. And I, I always I enjoy the process of of packing my Forerunner for the trips because everything goes in like a specific place. I always try to find a better way of packing things every single time I go. And um and so I I'm going to be so we're recording this on a Thursday and so in this coming Tuesday is actually when I'm heading to Zion which it's surreal I mean this this year has just gone by so fast it feels like I was just on my spring trip and then you know all of a sudden the summer is just you know gone like that and now it's it's time to head to Zion and um but there's something that's very um satisfying about getting everything packed, going everything, going through everything, making sure everything's good, testing things, making sure like the the shutters are clicking right on the lenses, and you know putting everything in its place and getting getting everything cleaned up and uh, making sure I have everything. And I was also going through some of the photos I shot um, on my iPhone when I was there this past fall, because that trip, for those that watch the videos or listen to the podcast or whatever. Um, you'll remember that, you know, that trip ended a little bit early. I mean, I was there for 10 days, but I ended up a little bit early because I fell and kind of busted my wrist, nothing broken, but just was quite painful. And so I still had some subjects that I was uh, intending to photograph, but, you know, I just ended up heading home because my wrist was hurting, but I was going through the photos on my iPhone and I was just rediscovering all these subjects I had forgotten about. 
And so I know in a past episode of the podcast, I was saying how I don't really have any specific subjects in mind for this trip, but you know, after seeing all those scouting photos, I started remembering things. And so uh, some of those are subjects that don't rely on any fall color or anything like that. So I am pretty excited about getting out there again, about uh, trying to see if I can photograph some of those subjects in the, the early days of the trip. But it's just, you know, Zion is such a, it's always such a fun trip just because the weather is usually quite nice. Um, there's a good balance in terms of, you know, being with my vehicle at all times, um, as opposed to the backpacking trips where things are a little bit more, you got to rough things a little bit more, but you know, good, plentiful cell signals, uh, relaxing nights back at camp and just such a beautiful scenery out there in Zion. So I, that's something I'm really looking forward to. And I'm just glad that I've been able to get the things that broke mostly fixed, except for the bike maybe, but I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Uh, we'll see what, what comes of it for this fall trip. Um, but I'm definitely looking forward to, to seeing what, what occurs in the next uh, week or so. Yeah. Looking forward to hearing all of your fun misadventures when you come back, <laughs> yes. seeing what else ends up falling apart for you. Hopefully nothing. Yeah. Hopefully not yourself, Ho but. <laughs> hopefully, exactly. Hopefully no wrists or ankles or, or anything else along those lines. But yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. It's nice. Do, do you have any, any plans to get out for, for fall at all? Not really. Uh, I kind of feel weird going out and leaving my, leaving Emmy at home. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, we'll see. I mean, I may make a run over to like some of the local parks that are around me within like a half hour distance, spend the morning here or there just to get some kind of, uh, some kind of interaction with nature again. Um, yeah. And then I'll probably end up trying to figure out a weekend, maybe in November to go up to the mountain house again. And cause at least that way Emmy can come with. So yeah, be a new place to, to explore and to romp around and to check out. Exactly. And at that point I'll be working with her, at least getting her more used to the leash and trying to see how she does with that, even though she's still really young for that. So yeah, we'll see. It's, yeah. It's a whole new way of living now that I have a puppy to take care of. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It, it certainly has a way of changing things. That, that is for certain. Yeah. But it also makes me more like appreciative of the little scenes that I have around the house too. And that's something that it's like, I've always, uh, I've always been a fan of, but at the same time, it's kind of almost feels like cheating in a sense to like go around during golden hour and photograph leaves against bark or something like little scenes like that with the yeah. macro lens, especially. But, you know, anything to keep the creative juices flowing a oh, bit. Oh, for sure. It, it, it'll shift your your mind into that that creative space in terms of, of taking photos. And it's it's kind of cool how you can just kind of snap into that mode and snap out of that mode, you know, as as, as need be. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's good. And that's something we're definitely having the, the digital kit will, will be, I think, beneficial in that sense. Cause there's no way you'd be busting out the four by five or whatever in those <laughs> scenarios. Otherwise it just, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be practical. I hope you enjoyed our creative banter. You can learn more about Cody's work by visiting his website, codyschultz.com. And you can find my work at benhorn.com. For further discussion, join us at patreon.com slash creative banter. It's a place where we can interact with you, the listener. And although we greatly appreciate those who contribute by joining a tier, discussions are open to everyone. 
whether you're a paying member or not. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you around next time.